The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. All right, let's be real about something. As we get older, get kids, pets, multiple jobs, it becomes harder and harder to find the right time to connect to your partner. But when you do get that sliver of a moment, you need to be ready. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com promo code ARMCHAIR to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Armchair All-American Network. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. Calls podcast. I am your host and contributor to the birdrights.com, Preston Ellis. We are back. We have basketball, uh, albeit at a dismaying performance in overtime. However, the Pelicans did give us a lot to be positive about. We are back with our whole crew. Kevin's going to join us in a moment. But first, our editor in chief, Ali Cosell. Ali, how are you feeling, man? I'm feeling good. That was fun. Disappointing. We didn't get the finish we wanted, but hey, we can see the new era, and it didn't even include Zion. Fair enough. David Grubb, I know you're a bit disappointed. There were a lot of rotational questions. We're going to get to that. But just on a whole, how does it feel? Basketball's back. The Pelicans have some stuff to to be excited about. How did it feel to watch your first NBA minutes? Um, you know, I, I thought there was a lot of encouraging things to see tonight. Um, I, I don't feel – I feel bad anytime you have a chance to win and you don't. But I think, you know, mostly, yeah, most of the things you walk away with tonight are positive. Um, about the team and especially the younger players. I thought you saw some some very good flashes. It's going to have to be more consistent. All right, Ali, let's go ahead and dive right on in. Uh, most of our questions so far, and most of what the national media was asking late in the fourth quarter is, where is Lonzo Ball? We're going to talk about some of these rotations. We're going to start with Lonzo Ball and Derek Favors. These guys didn't get a lot of minutes in the fourth quarter. I don't think Derek Favors played a minute in the fourth quarter. Nicola Melli was hot. I think he was 4-4 four four from three. He and Josh Hart both combined to be 7-10 of 10 from three-point range. However, both these guys that made such an instrumental difference in the fourth did not get to play. Well, Nicola Melli started in the overtime got pulled the two of them weren't reinserted until there was one minute and 30 seconds left in overtime what did you think of the rotations in overtime ollie Uh, well it really you got really even before that for me in the fourth quarter where i feel like they should have won that game in regulation right they went on a 10-0 run they were sitting up by what was it they were ahead by six points i forget how much time was up but it was like 109 103 and they come out of a timeout, and then, you know, Toronto makes a 7-0 run, take the lead, and, you know, they struggle after that. But in overtime, yeah, you know, if you're going to put Lonzo Ball out there, and I said this to the group, then you got to have him running and initiating the offense. It does no good to get a guy that's been sitting on the bench for the entire fourth quarter, hasn't played much in the second half, 
uh, just running around out there, I guess, being a spot-up shooter at best. And we saw he didn't even come close to hitting the three I saw him shoot. And then, of course, Derek Favors. I mean, I love the guy. I'm so happy that the Pelicans grabbed him, but he hasn't looked good all preseason. So I don't understand why you put him out there in overtime either. So running with the starters, I did not like it to finish that game. What do you think, David? It wasn't that they that they went with the stars. It's just that when you put them in, I didn't understand why you would take those guys as cold as they were and put them in. Um, right. Yeah. It, it's just misuse of the starters more than anything. It wasn't the guys other than favors. And I think people are going to go away with this impression from this game that Derek favors is a garbage basketball player. And that's just not true, but you can clearly see he's been compromised physically the entire preseason. And the Pelicans are in are very thin in the front court. And so if he can play, they're putting him out there. And unfortunately, you don't have many guys that you can turn to on the bench and say, go rebound or protect the rim. Who's going to do that? And and so I think Alvin feels like he's got to play him, but there are no good options to when you don't um, as far as that particular skill set. So I think that hurts the Pelicans. You saw it tonight. They played against a team that shot 40%. And they just could not secure enough rebounds. Uh, now we welcome on Kevin Berrios. Of course, we're talking about overtime. We're talking about rotations, the two most popular storylines. David Grubb was just mentioning the Pelicans were thin in the front court. However, Jalil Okafor played just 12 minutes. Nikola Melli just 20 minutes. Derek Favors just 21 minutes. A lot of minutes still to go around to guys like Nikola Melli, who in overtime, I think, played two or three of those minutes. So up until that point, had only played 17 or 18 minutes. Kevin, could you have used a lot more Jalil Okafor and Nikola Melli in this game? Or do you kind of have to let Derek Favors work off this rust um well I think you know we talked about it I think I caught David talking about it at the tail end is that you know I think we all still believe in favors it's just he's clearly battling that hamstring injury still and you know with Zion down that's one of the things we were worried about is you know the the bigs is where we're very very thin so um I think they have to use them but I think they have to use them in short spurts uh don't leave them out there very long don't play them in clutch uh, crunch time, especially when, you know, Melly was very hot, very effective out there. And Josh Hart was very effective out there and he wasn't in there for a lot of, uh, you know, crucial time, a long period of time. He wasn't out there towards the end of the game, which I thought was uh, frustrating with as well as he was playing. He was giving you everything rebounding. He was defending incredibly well. He was driving. Um, and then, you know, his shot was falling. Um, so I think they got to figure a way to structure lineups that um, mitigate not having favors out there. You know, you got to have other guys that can rebound like Hart and Williams uh, out there. So to play along with uh, Melly or, you know, uh, Jaleelo before, however that's going to go. Um, but yeah, I think uh, right now favors shouldn't have been there in the closing minutes, especially when you had that, you know, Melly who was so hot and was going to open up lanes for holiday and for, for other players to be able to, um, put pressure on Toronto, especially with Siakam out. Ali, let's go ahead and jump to Brandon Ingram. Um, obviously, we talked about playing uh, Brandon Ingram at the power forward. What's going on over there? <sighs> Sorry. Is that you? Okay. Well, Idiot. we're going to continue. It's, it's too late for me to edit this. So, you, listeners, you're welcome. Uh, Ali, 
Uh, we put Brandon Ingram at the four for much of the contest. This is something you advised against in our chat. Uh, I was a proponent of it, but Pascal Siakam, obviously 34 points, 18 rebounds, just bullied him all night long, uh, just getting past him, getting to the basket at will. Serge Ibaka was another large part of that. Is Brandon Ingram a fixture at the four in your mind, Ali, or do the Pelicans have to experiment with moving him back to the three? You know, I think you've got to stick with him at the four. When you look at this lineup and you're now missing Zion, um, and you've got just a wealth of guard options, you know, guys six foot five or shorter, six six if you include Nikhil. Um, you've got to almost run with Ingram as much as you can at power forward. Yeah, I thought Siakam kind of had, you know, his way with him, but there was moments where I saw Ingram actually give him trouble with his length. And honestly, Brandon missed a few extra shots that he should have made around Siakam, you know. It looked more like just, if anything, just not playing for a long time, just getting back in the swing of things. And, of course, towards the end, he uh, left a couple short, you know, that was crucial time, willing time for the Pelicans. Both jumpers from the mid-range came up short. Um, so, you know, I like what I saw from him in general. And But you're right, you got to get some rebounding from somewhere. And thank, thankfully, they got it out of Josh Hart. But if you're not going to get it from Ingram at the four, that's where it makes it really problematic playing Melly at the five, right? So I feel like if you're going to go with Ingram Court, you've got to have either Ja or hopefully Favors is healthy. If you want Melly out there, then you really can't roll with Ingram at the force. So I think that's what it comes down to. It's just rotations. And I think we saw that tonight with Alvin. He was playing with a, those a lot. I mean, he played, what was it, 12 guys in the first half alone. And then he was searching for the right combination down the stretch. He thought he found it in the fourth quarter where we were all shocked to see Frank was out there with the guys pretty much for that entire fourth quarter. But then, of course, he changed it up before the end of uh, regulation and overtime. Changed it up again. So we'll see how it works out. But I think Alvin's really got to keep experimenting. Go Preston, just to answer your question. But we've got to have Jaleel or Derek back there behind him and not Melly. I don't think that combination is going to work at all. That was my favorite lineup, by the way. It recalled some of my favorite moments from the 2018-19 season. It was Drew Holiday, Frank Jackson. Josh Hart was inserted into that Drew crew. And then you had Kenny Hustle and Jaleel Okafor, just a bunch of try-hard guys who know how to play basketball. Uh, we talked about Lonzo Ball uh, a little bit. Ali had some good stuff on him. J.J. Redick, I don't think we need to add much. Nine shots, 16 points. He was a negative 14, but all the starters were deep into the negative. So I don't know how much we can attribute that to him in just 27 minutes. Let's talk about Drew Holiday, David Grubb. Uh, this is somebody who struggled tonight. He had some great standout defensive moments, but he had some lapses as well, especially late offensively, just not particularly effective. Six of 15, five turnovers, just 13 points and six assists in 41 minutes. This is a guy who's been pushed as the MVP candidate, a guy who's being given permission to dominate. David, he did not do that tonight. He was indecisive. He was sloppy. His passes were off target. His defense was inconsistent. Now, that's not what we've come to expect from Drew over the last two years. And as we talked about a lot amongst ourselves, it Drew was doing a lot of the things that we saw when he was struggling on the verge, when people were doubting whether he should be re-signed. That's the kind of game he had tonight. I don't think that's indicative of how he'll be the entire season. But the whole point of having you know, again, bringing ball around and having Nikhil Alexander-Walker around was to allow Drew not to have to initiate so much. And it felt like he just didn't know when to score or when to pass or who to pass to. He left his feet a number of times without knowing where he was going to go with the ball. And that, that kind of indecisiveness out of your most experienced 
and most talented. Uh, well, not uh, I don't, maybe he's not most talented, but you're you're the the player that you expect the most from the, your leader. Um, it's just it you can't win on the road uh, against a team that's been tested when Drew's not playing uh, his best. If he had been, this is a win for the Pelicans. All right, Kevin. Now we get to get to the fun stuff, and that is the Pelicans bench standout a standout performances across the board. These guys came in and made a considerable difference right from the jump. The Pelicans faced a 19-2 uh, run from the Toronto Raptors late in the first, and then the Pelicans inserted their bench guys. Uh, they pretty much did like a hockey switch uh, somewhere around the four-minute mark in the first quarter. We had standout performances from Josh Hart. Uh, Kenny Hustle was his usual effective self, only had three points on the night, but was just everywhere, boxing out the right places, moving the ball, uh, all, always uh, in a position to make the, the right play. Nicola Melli, we've already touched on. Jaleel Okafor, Frank Jackson, as Ali mentioned. Nikhail Alexander-Walker uh, was just one of 10, but still a positive six and looked super confident. Kevin, talk about your, your biggest takeaways from the bench performance tonight. I mean, you got to talk about Josh Hart and, and Melly. Those guys have really been crucial in this game i mean i think they're going to be crucial the whole season but especially josh hart i mean we've been super high on him here um i i think you know he gives you everything you want in that uh wingman position where he can like swing between the two and the three um he's very versatile defensively we saw saw him defending bigs uh protecting the rim we saw him switching on people we saw him hitting open threes we saw him driving and attacking um I think he's a great player um, and we're very lucky to have him and Melly, uh, you know, I don't expect him. What I mean, I think he missed a shot at the very end. Right. But I mean, other than that, did he have any other misses that other than one, we can't expect him to shoot like that always, but just to have that guy with that threat that can get hot like that um, is great coming off the bench. Um, you know, Nikhil Alexander Walker didn't have a great shooting night, but I still liked what I saw from him. I mean, I like he took good shots for the most part, and he showed some of his playmaking. He he did have one really bad pass and in, into uh, double coverage or whatever, but you know you can feel his energy and his effect on the court. Um, and he's a rookie, and it's his first game in his hometown, so you know he's gonna have like you know you can't trust him to have like a, a really truly breakout performance. There's gonna be jitters there. Um, but yeah, I mean, the bench is solid. Uh, we've been saying that all year. It's the deepest Pelican team we've ever seen. And we definitely saw that tonight. Ali, obviously the, the play of the bench is going to fluctuate, uh, specifically on the road. We already briefly touched about Nikhail Alexander Walker. Obviously he's going to get his minutes. Etwan Moore, uh, as much as it pains me to say, was not particularly effective tonight. Just two of seven struggled to get his shot. Uh, the opponents from the Raptors side were playing him very tightly on the perimeter and he's just not athletic enough or creative enough to be able to dribble penetrate pass guys on uh at the perimeter so so after that ollie you've got your 10-man rotation uh sewn up pretty well nicola melly jaleel okafor frank jackson josh hart and kenny hustle how are you feeling about this 10-man rotation oh you've got to feel good because the way i look at it who are the three best players on the court tonight from start to finish it was all three raptors right pascal siakam was fantastic before he fouled out Fred Van Fleet was incredible. Not only can he shoot the three ball, but my goodness, how many times do you get up right into the rim for easy scores, you know? And, of course, Kyle Lowry, he closed. I mean, I know he made just like around four shots, but he got himself to the free free throw line consistently. Now, I know that David Grubb and I have already talked about it. He's He kicked out his leg a few times, but you know what? If the officials are calling it, you do it. 
Because you look at what the Pelicans were able to muster, which was a whole lot of nothing down the stretch. So despite all that, despite the fact that, like I said, three Raptors uh, were basically the three best players on the court, the Pelicans had a chance to win this game. And the, the sole reason was because of that depth, where we saw them have incredible runs. You know, the starters came out of the gates playing really well. And then there was a couple times where a mixed group of reserves and the stars, you know, for the rest of the game had some really great runs. So we kind of see what the Pelicans are going to do this year. And remember, this was a very subpar performance from Drew. Um, and we don't know what we're going to get out of favors yet. So you have to be hopeful, Preston. I think you've got to take a lot of positives from this. Give credit where credit's due. Toronto, they've got that world championship experience. And you saw it. They took it to the Pelicans over the last like six, seven minutes. As for the Pelicans, like I said, they couldn't run any good offense. Lonzo wasn't running the offense. And when Drew was, you know, the, the Pelicans just didn't get good shots. So that's all going to change. Uh, and that 10-man rotation, I'm going to say you've got to make it 11. I still think Nikhil Alexander Walker is going to force his way in there at whose expense. I'm not certain. But like I said, we saw it all through preseason. We saw it tonight. His shot just wasn't dropping. Gambling. It's not the most prevalent of topics at the family barbecue, but the truth is, it can be quite fun. Picking a couple of friends to play some friendly wagers before a game can immediately raise the stakes and make your Sundays even more exhilarating. And that's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Football fans, you can even bet after kickoff. So if it looks like your bet is fading, just take the other side. If you like to bet a lot, try a parlay. You can multiply your winnings and brag to your friends as the money rolls in. But now is the best time to join because MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, David. Uh, Ali talked about a bunch of positives. One of them was that it took three standout performances from the Raptors. They were the three best players in the game tonight. Uh, they had an eight-man rotation. Each member of their starters played 32 minutes or more. Uh, Lowry, Van Fleet, and Pascal Siakam, 38 minutes or more. Only three guys off the bench in Ibaka, Davis, and Norman Powell. And like he said, the Pelicans played 12 guys. Nobody played more than 30 minutes except for Drew Holiday and Brandon Ingram. So the Raptors were playing this game as if it was a playoff game. The Pelicans were playing this game as if it was experimental theory uh, theater, which tells me that David quite possibly you saw tonight that the Pelicans were definitively the better team. They just gave it away. I don't know if I would say definitively that the Pelicans are the better team. Um, I think what you look at with Toronto is Toronto's a team that's also had a lot of changeover um, with their roster. So, I mean, that's, that would be a big consideration for me. Um, when you look at it, I mean, you look at their bench and they're just guys who, who just got there. Um, and I think that that for a guy like Nick Nurse, you're trying to win your game on ring night. You're, you can't, you, you know, you're not trying to be one of those teams that blows it on the night you have your ceremony. So I think he, he was coaching to win that game um, in particular. But, um, you know, the, the, the thing is, and the guys on the TNT said it, you know, stars win games. And the top three guys for the Raptors got 30 free throw attempts. The Pelicans as a team got 20. So that, you know, that to me is far bigger than saying, well, you know, the Pelicans are talented. It doesn't matter. The, the Raptors beat them at the basics. And that's what you do when you have really good players. And Siakam is going to be a star. Lowry's an all-star. And Van Vliet is, looks like he's on his way to being um, one of the top, you know, young guards in this league too. So I, 
I don't know if I could say the Pelicans are the more talented team. They're the deeper. They're more well-rounded right now. But that top three showed you why they're the top three on the Raptors. All right, Kevin, we're going to wrap up soon. Before we do that, I want to go ahead and preview the Dallas Mavericks, the Pelicans' home opener on Friday night. Chris Stapps, Porzingis, Luka Doncic. Obviously, it'll be great to have these guys back home. Uh, based on what you've seen so far, what are you expecting in the Smoothie King Center on Friday? I mean, I expect a little bit of the same, you know, experimenting with the lineup, trying to figure out who's playing well together because, you know, like we've said all all off season, it's so many new faces and then also now an injury and then a guy playing with an injury uh, puts ripples in the system. So you got to navigate and it's going to take a little while for Alvin Gentry to probably figure this out. Um, good news is I think, uh, you know, coming home, playing in front of your home crowd is going to help. And then also I, th- I think Toronto is, even though, you know, I, I think Donkic and uh, Porzingis are great players. I think overall Toronto is a better team right now. Um, so being able to put up that fight on an emotional night, like ring night, as David was saying, the highly motivated team out there. Um, I think it bodes well for the kind of performance we'll see, but I'm not saying it's going to be a win. I'm just saying it's going to, you know, we're going to definitely be in it. And I think we're going to be in most games, most nights. All right, Ali, we're going to go ahead and wrap up now. Thank you guys so much for uh, hopping right in. It's almost my bedtime, 1130 Eastern time. Uh, Ali, we got a game coming up on Friday. Of course, you guys can follow him at Ali Cosell. He's been killing himself this week. I think he wrote three articles in the past two days. Uh, Ali, obviously, it's an exciting time. We're we're anticipating a big showing against the Dallas Mavericks, hopefully a a sellout. Uh, Talk about some positives away from this game again and give us a prediction for Friday night. Well, yeah, I've already touched on what I saw from this game, and and I think it's going to carry over and then some. They're going to get in front of the home crowd. They've got a couple of off days uh, to where they're going to be able to look at film. You know, kind of, they got their first game out of the way, and you really saw that with a lot of guys, you know, especially Nikhil Alexander-Walker and a few others. Lonzo Ball shooting one-legged threes. I think the coaching staff's going to point out all these things that shouldn't happen in the game, so they'll clean up their act, because we didn't really see it in preseason, right? These guys played a lot more mature than you would have expected. And of course we get come to this first game and it was mistakes galore. So I think, I think we're going to be in for a good game on Friday and being at home, I think that they should be able to beat what everybody predicts to be is a pretty similar team to the Pelicans in terms of a win loss record. You know, they're led by Luka Dantich who had a heck of a preseason average, almost like 20 and 10 and also like five assists. Uh, Chris, that Porzingis looked good. Everybody says, I didn't get to watch any Dallas. I don't know if you guys did, but I just read about it. So they look like they've got their two stars and they've got some guys around and role players like Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleber, you know, so, you know, they're, they're going to do well under Carlisle. It's going to be a stiff test like Dallas always is. But again, I'm going to favor our talent. I think they're going to clean it up and I'm going to go ahead and predict the win now. Nice. Uh, David, I'm just noticing that Lonzo Ball is trending on Twitter with 25,000 tweets, even though he had eight points in 25 minutes. So I guess we should talk more about Lonzo Ball in the future. Uh, You guys can follow him at DM Grub. Uh, He's probably going to wrap up this game again tomorrow on 1280 AM, hard in the paint. Uh, Who are your guests in the morning, David? Um, Ollie. Ollie's sitting there with me for an hour. And (laughs) we're going to go all through this thing. And... (laughs) And I'm sure we're going to get a lot of feedback, too. And, you know, 
I don't, I don't want people to overreact. And I think sometimes people take, you know, your, your reactions in the middle of a game as, as, a, as a referendum on how you feel about a team. And that's just not the case at all. You just hate to see a team give away a win that you felt like they could have stolen. And, and, it, and in this schedule, um, you know, the first 20 games we've talked about over and over again, there are going to be precious few opportunities to steal wins on the road against good teams. And they had that tonight. So I think, you know, when you come come back Friday, yes, the, the emotions will be high. Um, the crowd, it will be a sellout. I guarantee that. I think that there will be the, the fan base is going to be electrified. But the question is going to be the same thing. Yes, Pelicans have probably more talent up and down, but Dallas is very long. So you're going to have to rebound. And Dallas has shooters. You're going to have to defend the three-point line. And those are the things that they struggled with tonight at clutch um, moments. So I think that if they can make that adjustment, find a way to gang rebound better and, and, and chase people off the three-point line, I think we'll get a better result on Friday. And they certainly lived up to the name tonight. Uh, won't bow down, won't back down, whatever it is. Uh, they showed tremendous fight throughout, tremendous effort for, uh, throughout, just like we saw with the Drew Crew last year. Uh, certainly encouraging to see. And like you guys, we're going to continue watching these games. We're going to continue assessing the play of guys like Lonzo Ball, Derek Favors, Drew Holiday, guys that we anticipate are not going to continue to struggle. We're just taking away some initial impressions of tonight. Again, you guys, uh, we came right after this game. So if you like what you're hearing, do us a solid. Retweet, share, rate it on iTunes, tell your friends about us anything you can do really helps and kevin before we go tell our listeners about blue shoe uh (laughs) okay (laughs) you want me to go back into that that uh my last pitch on that that you know we just watched some gentry ball where you have to be prepared because sometimes a rebound will bounce right into your hands you want to take that you want to get up and you want to have the whole team finish I'm not asking you next time. <laughs> I thought okay. he did great. Way to put him on a spot, Preston. We should turn around on you like that. Oh, well, I have something I can actually read, so that's an unfair advantage. I can uh, do it. <laughs> I can do it. David, why don't you tell our listeners why they should choose my bookie for their gambling purposes? Well, you should choose my bookie for your gambling purposes because they won't show up at your home and break your thumb. <laughs> They're on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> They can take your money, but not your life. There you go. They took mine tonight, I'll tell you that. Oh, Kevin, you lost big, huh? No, I mean, I I just made a bunch of stupid little bets uh, today. I did all my, like, postseason bets, but I also uh, took the money line on the Pelicans tonight, which was looking good, and I did not finish that one. But, you know, maybe the Clippers will uh, help us out here. I didn't know Drew was going to wear his Mitchell and Ness throwback jersey from the boogie year when he couldn't figure out what he was supposed to do. Um, if I'd have known that ahead of time, I would have, uh, you know, bet on the rap. <laughs> so even if you lost some good money, at least you got some good humor to take away from it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you again soon, probably Friday night, unless you guys want to do one uh, either tomorrow, Thursday, or Friday morning. Otherwise, we'll talk to you guys soon. Let's dance. Let's go, pals. for listening to the bird calls on the armchair all-american network if you like what you're hearing please take a moment to rate us on itunes retweet share with your friends and most importantly subscribe today